I'm EJ Ionelli, and this is From the Studio. And this morning, we're joined once again by cellist Zul Bailey, and he's here in his role as artistic director of the Northwest Bachfest. Northwest Bachfest has two concerts coming up this weekend, both of which feature the crossover string trio, Simply Three. And we're going to talk about their set list, as well as the Edward Lalo cello concerto that Zul's going to be performing on Saturday. And he's going to be accompanied in that uh, by local pianist Greg Presley. So welcome once again, Zul. Great morning to you. Thank you. Thank Good you. morning. Um, so you, you were here in December, early December, for the Sibling Revelry concert, and you were joined by Helen Kim, and the program was Mahler, Mozart, and Schumann. Just to revisit that, how did that go? Oh, it, it, it couldn't have gone better. And I don't, I, uh, I'm, I'm at a different place in my life when it comes to surveying how things went, because, you know, it's, it's very unusual to sift through the emotions while you're playing a quote live concert while everyone has their phones out filming you for posterity. <laughs> uh, it's, it's disturbing because you're playing live. You're playing for the moment. Uh, you're not playing to document something and you're trying to mentally wrap your head around the fact that you can't overanalyze it. So typically live concerts to me are to be left there. Um, they are invented there. They're inspired there. And that concert, I was so pinching myself to be surrounded with family, my sister, and really close longtime friends playing some of the greatest music, um, Schumann, Mozart, and and Mahler, uh, surrounded by, again, my Spokane family. So it couldn't have gone better. I was present while listening, while playing. I enjoyed every moment looking over at the rarity of seeing my sister sitting at the violin and Helen Kim right across from me from my Juilliard days from 1995 and her brother who flew in from from Canada. Um, And then to look out and see all of my my friends from here and to, you know, as always, introduce some new repertoire. Everybody knows Mozart. Everybody knows Schumann. But Mahler, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of my role also as an artistic director is to always kind of push people slightly outside the realm of, of what they know. Uh, but not break it. Well, that actually brings us to Simply Three, doesn't it? Um, oh, they and- shattered it. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. And so, yeah, we look back at this concert, this Sibling Revelry concert back in December, but then a few months prior to that, Simply Three was here for the Music in Manitou right. concert. And I think that was the first time that they had come here, and then you brought them here um, and really wanted to showcase all that they had to offer and maybe challenge some of those conceptions and misconceptions of what classical music is and art music is. Right. So they were here last summer at Music in Manitou. And I, the, the idea behind that, beyond the fact that I love these three guys um, and what they do, uh, the challenge was for young people. I want those young people who want to play the cello and the violin and the viola and the bass to not just see it as the older um, audiences project it. I want them to see the use of those instruments in spectacularly um, effective impacting ways through rock and roll or pop or jazz or something other than. And these guys are taking the world by storm. You know, last summer we had Jumbotrons. They did Queen, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was the funniest, most <laughs> amazing video. It's probably on YouTube. I'm sure it is, <laughs> along with their other 400 million views. So it was a big event on the stage with with literally smoke machine and uh, lasers and, and all this stuff. Then I started thinking while looking out at everyone having a a riotous time about my days 
back in 1994 when I was called into a studio in New York City to play the MTV Unplugged Seal concert. Um, everyone remembers Seal, Kiss from a Rose. He was big with the Batman movies and all these things. He was dating yeah, yeah. Tyra Banks, I think, at the mm-hmm. time. And and that was a big thing, unplugged, up close and personal. And it was very affecting to me to hear the same songs, the same things, familiarity in a kind of a in-your-face setting of amplified music in a very intimate space. Um, everyone kept saying, when can you bring them back? How do you bring them back? You have to change it. And so we, because our general venue is the wonderful Barrister Winery, I thought, well, we'll bring them into a familiar place, but we'll have the volume different. The volume will be human-made versus amplified. And so they're coming back, and they're here, actually, and uh, they're playing um, tomorrow night. Um, I get the pleasure of opening for them, uh, which I look forward to. Uh, so the, the the show will be, and we can break it down in a second, but the show will be the Lalo Cello Concerto, a short piece by Dvorak, a little break, uh, and then their original tunes that they wrote. Um, they are also equally known for writing their own music, Simply Three, that is. And so people will get to hear a complete set of their own made musical pieces. And then on Saturday, or Sunday, we get to celebrate all the covers, <laughs> which of course, I, you know, there's so many, and they can pull from so many that I won't uh, say something that I will regret that they may not choose, but it's everything. Everything from, again, I just their, their set lists include Coldplay, Adele, rappers, um, the Beatles, yeah, it really is a celebration of music. And I think, you know, as humans, we are want to taxonomize and categorize. It just helps us order the world. But some of these distinctions between that we that we erect between genres can seem so, you know, self-imposed and so artificial because, you know, when Charlie Albright was here performing with the, the Spokane Symphony, he came out and his encore was Great Balls of Fire. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoy seeing these uh, these genres that we usually see as, as opposite or um, somehow distinct or discreet, being brought together in in dialogue with one another in in some ways. So let's talk about the Lalo Cello Concerto. And I don't, you you have a piece, the Sonatensatz, and I don't know if you want to have that as kind of an appetizer to warm us up to the Lalo, or if you want to talk about the Lalo, and then we can listen to the Sonatensatz. Yeah, let's let's wait on the the Brahms. You know, Brahms is uh, Brahms, and we'll talk about that later. But the Sonatensatz, I would love to maybe play us out, because it's a celebration. It's a great exclamation point and something to look forward to. Yeah, so let's talk about the the Lalo Cello Concerto. Now, this is the symphonic made chamber, which is really <laughs> fantastic. And um, we were talking just before the interview how this is the 20th uh, piece of music that you have, st- I, I hesitate to say scaled down. You've, you've transmogrified it. You've brought it into a different setting. Um, expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. My view on things is that I'm always trying to see what we do, what we love, different. I like to look around the sphere of our worlds. And one day as I was perusing the cello repertoire and repertoire in general, I started seeing these outliers of pieces that were transcribed by other composers or by the same composers for a different vantage point, a different set of instrumentation, a different way of looking at it, sometimes uh, based on financial uh, situations of touring. Um, a lot of uh, people, great composers in the past, including Mozart and Beethoven, 
uh, Brahms would take a famous piece of music and write variations on them uh, for for a, a single instrument or two, uh, so they could ride the success of a symphony or an opera. Um, Magic Flute is one of them, and uh, make it their own, but have it be touring on, under the umbrella of something that would be fiscally responsible. In the 1950s and before, it was very typical, uh, in fact, expected that a soloist type would come to town and play a recital. And on that recital would be a sonata, possibly, yeah, um, a concerto. Uh, now, when you say the word concerto, if you know what that means, it, for most people these days, it means, oh, wow, you're hiring 100 people uh, to accompany the soloist. Um, and before I go into that, after the concerto would be a bunch of short pieces like encores, the songs like Simply Three would play. But the, the concerto would be presented in the form that the composer, quote, would be at the piano in a reduction that they created to replicate the symphonic sounds of their creation. And somehow, somehow over the past 75 years, it's been bled out where it's not expected or even thought of as a possibility to play these concertos in recital. Now, this is the problem. Some of our greatest repertoire on earth are concertos. And because of fiscal responsibilities with orchestras, they don't tap into the vast barrels of masterpieces because they don't want to risk the financial stability of the orchestra, having to hire a grand orchestra or whatnot. There are stacks of these concertos reductions by the composers that um, need to be played. So I decided to try to lead the way. I you know, post it everywhere online when I do these things so other cellists or instrumentalists might say, oh, I can do that too. And I've used Spokane as the leader in this, the Northwest Bach Fest. This is my 20th concerto redux that I've played from everything from Don Quixote, which was uh, we did with quintet or sextet, um, which is usually for massive orchestra by Richard Strauss, to the Couperin pieces in concert for cello and orchestra, but we did it for cello and quartet, uh, to both Haydn's Prokofiev, the Doherty concerto that I won the Grammy for. We reduced it down to piano. Actually, Doherty toured with me playing that. And so tomorrow night, I get to play a piece that is relatively new to me, and I, I couldn't wait to showcase it here in Spokane by Edouard Lalo. Written 1876. He's French. Doesn't sound French. I was going to say that. I See, I was not wholly familiar with Lalo's background. I was yeah. aware of his name. You probably thought he was Spanish. I actually thought he was Hungarian. Oh. So I, was, I had listened to this as a Hungarian concerto. <laughs> and then you find out that he's French and you think, oh my word, I have to rethink this. And it's... Um, it it's was, so not French. Yeah, it's so not it's French. It's so not French. Yeah, and, yeah. and interestingly, uh, in the catalogs of what is played or what is spoken about in the, wor the world of Edward Lalo. Um, it's Symphony Espanol mm -hmm. by, for violin and, and orchestra, the five-movement work, uh, and the Lalo Cello Concerto, which is actually interesting, a, a, a very integral piece of the fabric of education in cello when people are young, because it teaches people how to play the cello. It has everything in it. It burns the muscles and burns the fat off the muscles and leans up the forearms, teaches you to vibrate in different ways, different colors. Um, it teaches you style. It teaches you um, rhythm. It, it, um, it is fun to play. It is cellistic. And what that means is that um, it feels good on the cello versus just, you know, you're like Bach does not feel good 
Uh, neither does Schumann, um, and neither does Brahms, by the way, which we're going to lead into. But um, it does feel good. And uh, again, the first movement's about 12 minutes long, then it's a beautiful second movement that's about five minutes. The last one's about five or seven minutes. But this was the last piece that Len Harrell, well, actually, the, the, one of the last pieces that Len Harrell played here in Spokane uh, before his passing in 2020 uh, with uh, Kevin Hakmatpana and Gonzaga University Orchestra. And um, it's a piece that I, I've i just come to love, and they're, you're going to see it. The concert's sold out, by the way, so everybody who's make, looking at their calendar to see if they can come. But I would suggest if you really want to come to the concert, come, because we will try to fit people in as we can for standing room or if someone doesn't show. But uh, the venue is a little over 200 seats, very up close and personal. I'll be playing on my cello from 1693, um, and it's also truly a perfect match for uh, the rambunctious breadth of this concerto, <laughs> my cello. Um, and uh, Greg Presley will be joining me as the orchestra. And if I may make another cross-genre analogy, so in, in pop or rock music, we'll have you know the, the full amplified instrumentation, and then maybe a band will release an acoustic version. And right. it really transforms your perception of the song. It can sometimes sound like a very different song, and the song takes on a different quality altogether. Uh, what qualities does the lalo take on? Or what qualities of it are enhanced when it is moved from the orchestral oh, that's a great to the question. duo? Great question. I immediately think of um, you can hear the voices because, mm. especially the, 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 when a person like myself looks at the music and you see piano, like soft or dolce or what whatnot, um, and yet you you see on the page that seventeen other players are playing at the same time, and um, they they don't necessarily jive with your piano they don't know what your piano is um you have to play more um it's a larger scale it's kind of like um broadway kind of the diction has to be over overly enunciated uh in the bigger place to have it be heard not mushy in this particular case i can play literally what the composer wanted and get as intimate and soft as I can, knowing that I can fit into the sound world of the piano um, in a way that I could never do with full orchestra. And uh, Simply Three is going to be kind of taking this approach almost in reverse. So on Saturday evening, they're going to be performing the unplugged set of original works, and then they're going to be plugging in the amps for the Sunday set, which is going to be more pop-oriented. And I will protect them slightly so there's no <laughs> misinformation. There might be a little bit of amplification with theirs, slightly, mm -hmm. because some of their pieces need certain effects and certain sounds that they can't get, uh, just that. But when I say plugged in in the barrister, that's literally you know nothing compared to the jumbotrons and the, the massive stacking of, of, of speakers in the park um, and what they did with their electric instruments. So, yeah, it's, and what I'm also going to love to watch and hear are the true Hollywood stories of how these pieces were created, why they wrote them, and how they came to this and that. And, you know, I always love when I, when I hear the stories of Queen, when they talk about how they went in the studio and created half the songs right there when they just all lived in that, that area um, together, just in, being inspired. Um, a couple of the songs of Simply Three were like um, created and expanded upon waiting for an airplane in the, uh, the, the lounge area uh, because, or backstage because they, they needed one more and it was kind of a riff. They're great at improv too. 
improvisation and uh, riffing off each other. So maybe they'll create something for us as well. Uh, and um, again, expect the unexpected. Uh, this is going to be another spectacular weekend for Northwest Bach. Um, interesting you said that today is Handel's birthday. I did not know that because Handel was born the same year as Bach, 1685. Uh, people don't realize that that's literally a parallel with Bach and Handel. Um, and yes, again, um, the covers, I mean, it, everyone can just sit back and I don't think you can pull your lighters out and put them above your head and barrister because <laughs> it might be a problem. <laughs> but I think the new thing is you can wave your, your phones and they actually love things to be recorded. They want everything recorded because when they make stuff up on the spot, they want documentation on YouTube of a new, a new creature being unleashed on the world. Yeah, it's a wholly different mindset, a wholly different approach. And, you know, what I was encouraged to see at Music at Manitou was there were new faces, faces yeah. that you didn't normally see at yeah. Bachfest concerts or, you know, within <clears throat> the classical scene. There were new faces there who had come out to see Simply Three and see this uh, this don't want to say more interesting, but uh, unconventional angle. Sure. Certainly. Well, I mean, you have to remember where we've come from. When I when I first uh, stepped into this chapter uh, with Northwest Bach Fest, it was a four concert series of about a week and a half. It was a festival that celebrated not only Gunther Schuller but the the glory of Bach. Uh, we have blown into a year round series um, that still holds that name because Bach is God of music. In a, in a really interesting, the Alpha and the Omega, it encompasses everything, but we, we have the ability in the canvas to now showcase the best of the best, which is Bach, but also the best of the best in any possible way we can that will push the walls down to seeing and hearing all music differently. Yeah, and it honors Bach's legacy, but also Schuller's as well. I mean, Schuller, the major proponent of the third stream, who, again, didn't see these distinctions between genres. He really attempted to conflate different uh, different threads. Absolutely. Again, it's uh, and uh, I love seeing also, again, different audiences. I love seeing my friends, of course, but seeing how this is affecting people. Again, I, I, I say this all the time, but I, I want to push it, that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love or hate is indifference. And I really like when people come up to me and tell me something that is truly heartfelt, good or bad after a concert, because I like to shake things up. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a balance. I try to make most of it like completely over the top love. Um, but I also like to push where they might say, I really did not like that. And then I ask why, and I make them tell me, and I hear them, and that was the reason why. And before we get into the Brahms, I did want to mention uh, Greg Presley once again by name and just your association with him because he has a, another one from – you talk about your many families and he is from the extended Juilliard family. Yeah, he and I met several years ago and he's wonderful and we've done lots of these. I think we, the last project we did was the Walton Cello Concerto and he's – Someone I would like to be in the scheme that he is not only able to be on the stage, but he also supports artists in the audience and comes to everything and is like just high-fiving and really talking to me about how music affects communities. And it's really a pleasure to hold hands with him to present this uh, tomorrow night. Greg Presley is, is amazing. 
And uh, yeah, if we could talk about the before we go into it, the Sonatan Sats yeah. and why you chose this as a complementary piece to the Lalo. Well, the truth is, is that I I, I chose this because Awadajan Pratt just got won a Grammy Award, and he's the pianist on this. He was affiliated and 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 a a uh, a driver in the Jesse Montgomery Rounds uh, piece for piano and orchestra that won the Grammy Award for composition this past a few weeks ago and so he's a longtime friend of mine and um, this was a piece that we were kind of wondering if we should put on this record of, of complete Brahms um, it's not originally for cello and piano at all it's for violin and piano and it's just a short five or six minute jaunt that really kind of it digs in like the Lalo will um, and I have not recorded the Lalo yet. There's something in my book, but I can't talk about it yet. But uh, when that's available, we'll maybe listen to that. But in the meantime, I think celebrating Awadajan Pratt uh, and his Grammy, uh, the depth of Brahms and a very unique piece that's not heard like this, like the Lalo, would be a great way to end this. Well, thank you so much, Zul. And uh, let me just let our listeners know that I've been speaking this morning with cellist Zul Bailey about this weekend's upcoming Northwest Bach Fest concerts. There's one performance tomorrow, and that is Saturday, February 24th. And that has a slightly more maybe classically oriented program. And then another one on Sunday with a more crossover style set list. And both are at Barrister Winery and feature Simply Three. Tickets and more information are available at nwbachfest.com. And now we will have Zul Bailey performing with uh, Awadajan Pratt, the Brahms Sonatensatz. Thank you. 